Yusu Takahata um, was kind of the other half of Studio Ghibli. He was the co-founder with Hayao Miyazaki, but he was he was a lot less well-known than Miyazaki was. Um, he didn't direct as many films as Miyazaki did. He was far less prolific. And um, his films themselves were a little on the kind of darker, more adult side than Miyazaki's were. Me and Rosalind recorded uh, this episode about a month ago, uh, talking about Iso Takahata's film, um, Princess Kaguya. And it's a, it's a really beautiful, beautiful film that, that stuck with me um, and really made me think quite a bit after watching it. Um, so I was excited to talk about it. I also saw uh, today, uh, coincidentally, that um, Iso Takahata passed away at the age of 82. Um, so... Yeah, the timing is a little interesting on this, um, that we're actually getting it out on the day he died. But uh, just wanted to thank, take this opportunity to uh, remember him and um, a very less well-known filmmaker, but um, someone who created some extremely beautiful, moving uh, works of art. In this episode of Culture Zoo, we're talking about Iso Takahata's uh, final film that he made. Um, and it's, it's thought-provoking, it's beautiful, it's mysterious. It's uh, Princess Kaguya. Welcome to Culture Zoo, episode 30. I'm Levi. I'm Roslyn. We also have Lily with us. Hi, Lily. Hi. <laughs> Lily's sitting in on this because she saw the movie. It's been a little while since we've recorded an episode. <clears throat> the last episode came out a few months ago, but it was actually recorded over a year ago mm-hmm. because it just took me forever to get around to it. What well, have you been doing with your life, Levi? Oh, not oh, much. We were, on your hands? Yeah. We were in Poland. We moved. Lame excuse. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but tonight we are talking about, and it's funny, so in front of me I have a pronunciation guide yeah. to this movie Thank because, you. oh man, and it's, well, well, we'll get into it, but tonight we are t- talking about Princess Kaguya. I've been pronouncing it Kiyuga the entire time. What's really hard is Yuga. we watched it with subtitles, and yeah, you can't, because of the differences in the language, you read it, but you can't hear yeah. when they're saying it. Plus, they, they never don't say the call name at her, the same time. They never call her Kiyuga yeah, or call Kaguya. Her like your majesty Kaguya. or princess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's difficult. It's a definitely, there's a lot of difficult, there's the, the two major characters in this movie have incredibly difficult names for me I to pronounce. I feel like I could say the boy's name if I, I can't even no, remember he's the No, he's the hardest one. The, the, I feel like if okay. I had like a glass Here's of a, it, movie, I it's, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, it, it's really hard to pronounce. It's, okay, it's funny because I actually had to, I watched the movie before before we just all the scenes where they said his name and I was uh-huh. like no way yeah, I, can't I can't do it, do it. Um, so I watched the the English dubbed version right. and they don't even say it that way so the English actors couldn't say it so they changed so it. they say Maru. in the Japanese version in the English version they call Stay him Maru. Like stay in a room is okay. the main, but it's, but it's not. Different. That's it's much more complicated yeah, in the Japanese you're version. Right. But she yells it yeah. so often that that was the one name that I could kind of like. Yeah, kind of. You hear it. You hear it in your head, but yeah. to like reform it with your tongue you're is right. a whole different thing. <laughs> anyway, so this movie is not by Hayao Miyazaki. Um, it is by Iso Takada. 
Takahata. Okay, Takahata. I think I think there's a little bit of an extra. Another uh, syllable you're missing. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. Yeah, it's Takahata. It's not Takahata. It's Takahata. Isao Takahata. Okay. So he is uh, he is a very interesting guy. So he's only directed like I think four feature films for Ghibli, um, but he's one of the found him and Hayao Miyazaki are the founding director founders of Ghibli. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, they worked together a lot beforehand. They were both kind of you know they both influenced each other a lot in their early days. Um, and he is not an artist. Okay. Uh, Takahata, gonna keep saying it go. until I get it. Um, is not an artist. He's he was actually like a, he studied literature or something. I'm not even sure how he got into directing, but like I think his most like his big um, most well known film for Ghibli he did. It's funny because, you know, Disney has like the distribution rights to Ghibli. Yeah. But his films all have kind of weird stuff in him. Like adult things? Yeah. So there's uh, another movie I saw with it. So when I just went, I just went back to Poland a couple months ago and I watched a lot of the, his movies on the plane right over. And um, he had one movie that I absolutely loved. It was called Only Yesterday. And it's this story of this like 20 this uh, woman who's almost 30 mm-hmm. and she's flashing back to when she was a little girl in uh, like 10 years old or something <laughs> so it's cutting back and forth between her memories and her and kind of like she's making a big ch- decision in her life and all the things that are influencing her but there's this major subplot at some point about like when she got her period oh. as a little girl it's really disney's cute like, no, we yeah don't but do like that. disney's like not releasing this like exactly. yeah I'm sorry we don't do real <laughs> exactly yeah and that's kind of like with this movie there's nothing inappropriate right. in it but it's not exactly kid yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. i don't think disney distributed like, this either it shows her nursing mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah and the baby's naked exactly like, when I she's naked, naked at some time. point she like goes swimming when she's like yeah yeah, yeah. she's like and well, the way they draw it is i really i think it's really cool because it's like they don't do any detail right. but it's like it's almost yeah it's, not like it's like they're wearing graphic. a bodysuit it's super not graphic yeah. But it's also one of those things that it'd never fly in a Disney movie. No, yeah. it wouldn't. And we were talking about even um, Totoro. Yeah. Like when the dad yeah. and the kids are... <laughs> you yeah. know some people in Disney are sweating about yeah. that. They're like, what do we do about this? Can we edit yeah. this out? Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. So just, I think it's just yeah. like cultural differences that Definitely. Like, we just... They don't think twice about. Yeah, totally. But and the, yeah, the period thing, I don't know. They're <laughs> not so weird about it there. Um. And the uh, his other big movie was Grave of the Fireflies, which oh, um, oh I want to see that. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, which I haven't watched just because I've read the plot summary yeah. and it depressed me, yeah. so I don't think I could handle the. Uh, it's like you know we don't yeah. need to want to kill ourselves. Yeah, like, go lay in a dark room. <laughs> There's a meme where it's like, "Thanks, Ghibli. Now I want to kill myself," <laughs> which is like a picture of Grave of the Fireflies on it. See, but that, I still want to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it some people really watch good. really depressing things and find something good in it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's. Uh, I don't think it's. Well, this movie isn't exactly a happy movie either. So anyway, so uh, I watched Only Yesterday. Um, He's done a couple other movies that are are kind of more odd that I think, again, just haven't – like Disney hasn't really wanted – Just not that mass appeal. Yeah, it doesn't have quite the same appeal as Miyazaki. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, I watched this movie and I was kind of blown away by it. and um, So pretty. Yeah, and and so I thought, well, I – we, we haven't even talked about it, so I thought yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what Rosalind has to say. Yeah. Um, but it's – so the story of Princess Kaguya. Okay, very good. Thank you. Okay. Um, 
It's actually an old uh, Japanese folk tale or kind of myth. Totally sound feels like it that. feels very it feels yeah like very much like a, a fairy tale. Yeah, um, it's uh, like the the story of the bamboo cutter is kind of what it um, originally did. And I, if anyone watches this, I'd recommend watching the Japanese version with subtitles because they have. In the American version, they have Mary Ellen Steinberg as the mom and the main narrator. She's Ted Danson's wife. She's on um, Last Man on Earth. Oh, okay. Which one is she? On She's in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Okay, yes, yeah. Yeah. She has a really distinctive voice. Yeah, I, I think would a terrible choice. And James Caan as the bamboo cutter. Who's a little bit better, but just is so different than the Japanese dub. Yeah, I wouldn't have picked. Yeah, yeah I Who's watched princess? it dubbed. Yeah. You did? Yeah. Who's Princess Kukuya? She's the Trolley Grace Martinez or something like that. She's like, uh, and she was in, she's just like one of these young actors that mm-hmm. is in a lot of different stuff. I, I, I know it's Hugo. She was in that movie Hugo. Um, oh, that's her? Yeah. I know her. I wasn't, yeah. So I liked the, I, I, I really like, I tried with the English yeah. and I can, I really prefer the Japanese. But um, I liked the Dutch. I always go for subtitles if I can, but for some reason I couldn't figure out how to turn them on when I was lying. I'm sorry. <laughs> the plane was a little bit funky that we were on. Um, it was 12 hours. It's going to be funky. <laughs> um, so. This, like, the first thing you probably notice with this thing is, like, the animation mm-hmm. style is very different than, yeah. like, a Hayao Miyazaki style. I thought it was, like, a cutscene. Like, I kept oh, really? expecting it to, like, it, like you know when... It's like a flashback yeah, or like, something? Yeah, like in Harry Potter when she tells the story yeah. of the three oh, brothers yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Like, I thought it was going to change at some mm-hmm. point. And then, but I'm, I mean, I'm glad it didn't. It was so It looks fun. like a watercolor. It's like a sketch almost. Yeah. 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 So the style is really loose. Well, is it two D? You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's not. Well, it's 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 like um, I think the way I would describe it is it's not. It looks like a sketch in that it, there's a real process to animation where you mm-hmm. you sketch something out, then you fully render it, right? right? So the lead animators. We'll do a real loose kind of sketch. Almost like a storyboard. It's like a storyboard, but it's like they do all these different poses, and then you have a bunch of in-between animators that will go in and fill in all the in-between. Make it fluid. In-between frames. Interesting. And um, then they have like a final outline and rendering of, oh, even over that, you know? So there's a very detailed process, and it's like they kept it right at the like sketch phase. They didn't go to the full rendering. Um, and I think it really, really works really well for the movie, mm-hmm. especially for like, there's certain mm-hmm. scenes where things get like when things get more intense, it gets even more loose and messy. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting way of animating a movie. I don't think I'm just, I'm sure there's other things that have done it, but this is like the only feature length thing I've watched, um, yeah. in, uh, in this kind of style. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So right when you see it, it's like, wow, this is a really different, like, just the it sets it apart. Yes, it does. It looks really different than like a Hayao Miyazaki film. Uh-huh. Even though like in in Ponyo, he did some more loose kind of like watercolor stuff. But it's stuff. more of like the backgrounds, like yeah. the matte paintings or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it, you know the tight animations laid on top of that. Yeah, it definitely doesn't ever get to that kind of. I mean, there, you're right though, because as I think about it, Hayao Miyazaki, in a few scenes, will cut to kind of really different rendering styles. Yeah. Um, Thinking of like uh, Nausicaa, he has scenes that go into like a lot really different styles, but never like a whole movie like no. that. Yeah. Anyway, so 
Uh, Rosalind, can can you give a little overview of how the story begins? Uh, Um, So it opens on a bamboo cutter, mm -hmm. and he finds um, like a beam of light shining down, and uh, he cuts open a bamboo, right? Oh no, no, there's like a yeah, miraculously sprouts out of the ground, Mm -hmm. yeah. And inside is like this little Thumbelina-sized, yeah. really cute little princess mm-hmm. with her hair. Yeah. Oh my goodness! But she's tiny, and he decides that like she's been sent to him. Yeah. And so he brings her home, and him and his wife—it's the cutest scene. Yeah. Like him and his wife start fighting over her basically, yeah. and the wife is saying, "No, I'm supposed to raise her." Like, <laughs> yeah. They both really want to raise her, yeah. and she turns into a baby. Yeah, like in their hands. Because mm-hmm. before she's like a little, she's like a yeah, little like doll size. Doll, yeah, like yeah. little doll that could fit in the palm of your hand. Yeah, but like a grown human looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like weird stuff happens where yeah. she's obviously very magical. Like mm-hmm. she is growing really, really fast. And like the scene that mm-hmm. we talked about, there's nursing in this, mm-hmm. which is so like so different from what you would see. Yeah. Like they show. Like the bamboo cutter and his wife are like probably like I would say like they're fifties. Yeah, they're they old. Seem old. They're past childbearing yes. years. Yeah. Yes. But she can suddenly nurse the she baby. She can suddenly nurse the baby. Yeah. And the baby is growing like before their eyes. Yeah. Basically. Like as they hold her, she gets bigger mm-hmm. and gets heavier. Um, and uh, and they they keep on saying she's sent from heaven, right? Mm-hmm. That's this kind of thing. They just she's a princess from heaven, you know. And they, and he, yeah. The bamboo cutters. When he sees her, says she's a princess. Yeah, she's a perfect little princess. Yep, and so she's—they—they're a very poor couple. You know, they're mm-hmm. this poor. They live out in kind of the woods. Um, Once again, don't you want to be like in their house and yeah. like, live their lives? They do such a good job of like rendering what life is like for mm-hmm. certain people. Yep. You know? Yep. And they also live around these almost kind of even more poor people. They're I like think nomads, I they're think. kind of this nomadic family, this group of people mm-hmm. um, who they they uh, what do they do? They, they make bowls. Yeah, they just like cut down trees mm-hmm. basically and make stuff. Yeah, they show them like rendering little. Uh, little like soup bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cute because like these kids, you know, they're all these little kids. They just run around half naked all the time. Yeah. Carrying a baby. Yeah. They're just kind of wandering through the forest while their parents, you know, off, you know, playing and stuff. And so the princess uh, is... You know, she's she's attracted to these kids and kind of just immediately falls in with them because they're like the neighbor kids. Um, and they call her little bamboo. They call her little bamboo. She yeah. grows so fast. Yeah. She's like, oh, she grows like a little bamboo, you know. And um, and there's and uh, she uh, kind of the ringleader is this boy called Stamaru. Stamaru? I think it's Stamaru, not Stamaru. That's not the way she says it. It's not how she says yes. it, but that's how the English dub okay, says we'll it. it. And we're going to say Stamaru. 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 Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so he's kind of the ringleader. He's a little bit older than all the other kids. Um, and uh, they just have these little adventures together in the bamboo forest where they'll, you know, run around. They steal like a melon. Oh, uh, I love that scene. Yeah. Um, and there's, they're all just these kind of very simple. They go swimming. You know, it's all this kind of stuff that kids do. Um, in the meanwhile, the bamboo cutter keeps get finding things sent from heaven for his, the princess, right? Yeah. So like inside of a bamboo shoot, he'll find 
He cuts open a bamboo yeah. shoot. Yeah. And it's gold. Yeah. It's like full of gold. Yeah. Um, and then he cuts it open again and it's full of like fine silk mm-hmm. and all this, all this, uh, you know, stuff that just kind of shoots out of this bamboo shoot. Um, and it seems like kind of over the course of like a year, this happens. It's a year because yeah. it's a year. It takes place over a year, basically, okay. that she becomes a grown woman. Yeah, or she's she's like a she's not really a grown well, woman. She's like yeah, she becomes like yeah mm-hmm. yeah a so young lady. Between one year, she goes yeah. from a baby to like yeah, yeah. A, a lady. So the bamboo cutter um, comes to the conclusion that heaven is telling him that she's she needs to be like a princess mm-hmm. and she needs to go into the city where she can be a princess. Um, like a real princess that lives in a palace. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. So he uses all the gold to build her like a mansion in the city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at some point when the mansion's built, he takes her away from their little home on the mountain and all her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, just like at a moment's notice. Yeah. Like they're out just playing one day and she comes back and it's like time to go. And this, so, you know, what do you think, uh, like, yeah. at this point, I think, you know, you're kind of thinking, is the bamboo cutter the, the yeah. bad guy? Like, it's interesting that those two characters, like, the mom is very, mm-hmm. like, much more level-headed than the husband, right? And she seems to get what their role is. Yeah. Like, they're to raise her and to mm-hmm. love her and to enjoy this. She's much less excitable than him. Yeah. yeah. And, and he seems to be taken with her in a way that's like unhealthy almost Mm -hmm. because he thinks what they have isn't good enough for her. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess it's not unhealthy. It's just misguided. Yeah. He's misguided. I think he doesn't see like she's having a wonderful life playing with Mm -hmm. friends and like being out in nature and having a great life. He thinks what we're giving her isn't good enough. Yeah. He thinks we're too, we're poor. You know, we, she needs to live like royalty, but he doesn't seem to see what she need, what she wants or likes. And the mom seems to see that. Yes. Yep. I, I still don't really get it. Yeah. I don't think I get him. Yeah. Well, he's, I think he's just kind of, yeah, and well, we can go go a little more into that because this is one. It's one of those movies that left me like, huh? Yeah. You know, at the end of it, there's a lot of things I wanted to think about. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. So we, uh, yeah. So then they get to the city, and she's like, you know, initially really excited about mm-hmm. the the mansion. Mm-hmm. Um. She, you know, it's really exciting. She has all these beautiful dresses. And um, she's an inter- her character is someone who's just very delighted with everything, yeah. you know, yeah. um, the, you know, the forest delights her, her friends. Um, mm. And initially, like this whole mansion, this whole thing seems like a big game to her. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's how it comes across to me. Um, and uh, they want her to be like to raise her as like a young lady. Mm-hmm. I always thought that that scene was really interesting when she first gets there. They're all dressed like she sees her parents like they're waiting yes, for. Her. They're all like in makeup and they're and you know the mom knows this is ridiculous. Yeah. She's laughing about it because they're trying to they're trying to look like royalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and get the part. Yeah, and she and the the dad's trying to talk real you know elevated. He can't do it you know and um. And so they have this kind of governess come in to train her. Um, and again, it's this it's this thing where she 
um, she doesn't take the governess seriously. Mm-hmm. And the governess gets very frustrated with her. But then when it comes down to it, she can do everything the governess wants her to. Mm-hmm. Like she's trying to teach her how to play what is it the like some sort of a guitar it's like a sitar, <laughs> yeah it's some japanese stringed instrument yeah. and she just is, she immediately picks it up yeah. you know and she can play better than you know um you know pretty much anyone right mm-hmm. um she can you know paint she can write she can do all the things that she's supposed to do um but the uh you know, but she doesn't really care about what the governess wants. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of frustrating situation. Um, but on her, like when she becomes a woman, mm-hmm. which is again another period thing. <laughs> it's like it's like she got her period, so she's <laughs> she's now a woman. Yeah. Is kind of the thing they throw a big party for her, and this it's this naming party yeah. where they give her the name Princess Kayu- Kaguya. Sorry, which on. means like radiant light or something. Yeah, really. Yeah, her namer is like completely taken with her when he yeah. sees her, and that seems to be kind of the effect she has on people. Like, yeah, she is beautiful and radiating like this. Yeah, this light. She and, seems like heavenly, right? Yes, and yes. so the they have this this kind of um, nobleman come namer, and when he sees her, he's like blown away. And um, so they apparently, and, and these are a lot of things that are. I'm not sure if this is this is probably Japanese tradition or right. something, um, but they have a naming party for her where they invite like all these different people um, and to you know have like a week long party in this mansion. And um, this is a she's kept behind a screen. Yeah, she's kept behind a screen. No her. one's allowed to see her. Yeah. Um, so there's this. And this is where, like, one of my favorite scenes, even though I'm not sure what's exactly going on. Yeah, exactly. there's a couple of those. Yeah. Um, and where she's behind this curtain, and, like, what happens? Well, um, it's kind of like a Princess Vashti situation. Okay, because, yeah. Or Queen yeah, Vashti, Queen I Vashti. kind of thought of. Like, yeah. you can hear the men talking about her, and they're saying, she's not really a princess. This is all really pretentious. Yeah. I want to go look at her. Like, yeah. what is all this hype about? I want to go yeah. see her. Like, I'm having this big party, yeah. like, and you won't even let me see her. Who do you think you are? Like, yeah. this is silly. You know, I want to see how pretty she is. And um, she basically has, like, a breakdown thinking uh-huh. about people coming in to just look at her. Uh-huh. I mean, that scene starts. Yeah, it's really, it's a really trippy scene where like the, the style gets really loose, where it's a loose style before, but it's like super sketchy and she's like, she just runs away. She, yeah. She flies out of the whole area. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's, you know, she's running out of the city, out of the forest and she's running back to like where she was raised, Mm -hmm. back to her home up in the mountains. And um, she, you know, it, it goes on for kind of a while. And it's a yeah. really she amazingly uses, directed like, all scene. Of her dresses, and yeah. she's just in these rags. Yeah. You can tell she's like hungry and cold. And yeah. And it's like snowing and all this stuff. And she gets back to the mountain. And when she gets back to her old home, someone else is living in it. Mm-hmm. There's another family there who has like <laughs> taken residence. And she tries to find Stemaru. And 
they're gone. This and which is not, you know, and they, they, their home is gone. Everything that they, you know, all her friends that she had up on the mountain have left. Mm-hmm. And she finds um, like a charcoal burner who's like, eh, they they were nomads, you know. They'll be back in ten years when all the trees grow back. That's what they do. Um, and uh, and it, I also got the impression that she'd never seen winter before. Yeah. Yeah, I got that impression too because she thought like the mountain was dead. Yeah, she's where like the leaves was yeah. going on. He's like, no, it's spring will come and yeah. they'll, they'll bloom it's again. It's like it comes back. Yeah. It always comes back. <laughs> and um, so she basically at this point, like she's wandering through the snow and just collapses. And this is the part where you're like, you're like huh? What, what is going on? You know. She wanders through the snow and collapses, and she's like looking at the snow, and she's like, "I've seen this before." Yeah, she says, "I think I've been here." Before. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like she flashes back, and she's back in the yeah. like so some weird that like, was like a vision that she saw. Yeah, I don't think it was, but we can get. Really I think it really happened, but uh-huh. we can kind of get back to that. Yeah. But um, she's back right in the tent where she when, when she, she ran off. Yeah, at the at her party, uh-huh. um, and after that. Um, like what happens next? So basically a lot of hype happens yeah. after that. So Everyone, all the nobles like mm-hmm. hear about her and how beautiful how she beautiful. is. The the man who named her mentions to these nobles like yeah. she basically she floored me. Like, yeah. She's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Anyone, yeah. like, she made me feel alive again. <laughs> yeah. Like just goes off yeah. on how she made him feel. Like yeah. it was the most like it, the most beautiful experience of his life. And so all of, like, the most noble men want to marry her. And they go yep. rushing to her house. In basically. a real comical scene. Yeah, that scene's really great. It yeah. totally is Ghibli to me. Just, uh, like, it feels like it's good. Yeah. Um, and in... in- in the meantime, she's just kind of gone back to, she doesn't, you know, want to be a princess. She doesn't really want any of this. She's not openly rebelling against it. She's kind of unhappy. She's unhappy. She's not happy with it, but she's not refusing to do it. And she's also not complying, you know, she's mm-hmm. messing around. Yeah, she's playing. goofing off. She's playing in the yard and stuff. Um, and... You know, and her father is all flustered by yeah. this. He wants her to be this princess. He's not. He's never like mean to her ever. But you he can. Wants he just. This for he doesn't understand because yeah. he's like, heaven told me that you should be. You know, he, he, that's like her yeah. destiny. And, and he, he gets mad at uh, prince, the princess and uh-huh. wife because they're always like out in the garden, yeah, and weaving and, and baking he's like, Why and stuff. Are you in the kitchen, <laughs> yeah. Get out of there. We have servants, you <laughs> yeah. know, and stuff. Yeah. So he wants this life for them that they're like, we don't really want that. Yeah. You know, this, yeah. we like being in the kitchen. We like yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, So anyway, these four noblemen show up and this feels again, very fairy tale-ish where they, um, they're all like show up at the same time to ask for her to marry them. And, um, you know, they go back and forth or yeah, it's where it's like, um, you know, I would treat you like, you know, you would be like the choicest, you know, whatever, like a one's like you, you would be like a jeweled leaf or tree branch from this. Yeah. This magical mountain. Yeah. I would, the jewel around a dragon's neck is what you're worth. Yeah. He's like, and the other one's like, you would compare her to a cold, you know, jewel. Like she is, you know, you know, whatever she should be free and all this yeah. stuff. And so they're going back and forth, giving these different, you know, propositions in marriage. And she basically, 
you know, thinks her way, mm-hmm. quickly just thinks her way around all yeah. these guys. She's like, okay, you know, you've compared me to this mythical jeweled branch. Bring me the mythical jeweled branch and I'll be your wife. And she, she basically says that to these five different suitors. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's all impossible tasks yeah. that she gives them. Because they don't exist. Yeah, yeah. There are all these things that don't exist, you know, but like. she's very, like, logical about yeah. it and makes it so they can She's like, I can't you. choose. You've all made such beautiful propositions. So, you know, the one who brings me this will, you know. And so, and they're all just kind of like, oh. Oh, yeah. And they all leave really disheartened. Um, And then she like happily goes back to her just, you know, working in her garden and stuff. Um, And she's also during this time pining to go home. She wants to go home. She just is doing like trying to recreate her home. She made like a little model of her home out in the garden and stuff. Yeah. Just wanting so bad to go back to where she was. Yeah. And, um, I think right after this, they, they have this experience where mm. she, like, after all the suitors leave, she's like, great, let's go. Let's go out to the country. And so her and her, uh, her mom, are yeah, they're, the cherry blossoms are blooming out in the country. She goes out and um, it's like this, you know, she, she goes to where the cherry blossoms are blooming and they're all falling. It's this really beautiful experience until... And this is, again, this is kind of one of these subtle things. Like, she's, like, completely, you know, enraptured in these cherry she's blossoms. Kind of her old self. Like yeah, just, like, running around like a little kid. Yeah. And she runs into this little kid, right? And uh, they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, you know. Um, and they, they think she's, like, like she, they treat her like a princess. We're yeah. like, oh, my gosh, we just, you know, you know, we yeah. just had we a, just bumped, we into, just a bumped into a princess. <laughs> and they're like, sorry, you know, and stuff. And they run off. And at that moment, she's like completely like, yeah. oh, I'm not a little kid anymore yeah. or something. You know, it's it, it you know, it she completely changes. It's, it's kind of like she wanted to be able to return. Yeah. Return. And she, yeah, you can go she couldn't go. She couldn't video. go back. Yeah. And so she goes back to the city and runs into uh, Stemaru. Mm-hmm. Stemaru. Stemaru. I think it's Stemaru. Thank you. Stemaru. Stemaru. Um, and. Uh, who is like a thief now he's she's in her car and she hears like a fight break out and he runs by her cart having stolen like a chicken and she and they see each other and you know they're just like kind of freeze and he then gets like the crap beat out of him by these guys who he stole the chicken from and it's like this total she just kind of watches it she just kind of watches him like can't believe like what's going on or really you know can't do anything about it and at that point is where she's like, okay, I'm just going to... What does she do at that she point? She seems kind of broken. Yeah. Like, uh, she basically, it kind of does the robotic compliance. Like, yeah. she doesn't have a will to fight anymore. Mm-hmm. Her will is completely broken. They pluck her eyebrows. Yeah. And she wears her makeup. And, yeah. She puts know, the ash on her teeth yeah, and stuff. Yeah, she blackens her teeth. And yeah. she just, like, completely devotes herself to becoming a princess, the princess. You yeah. know, to her studies. Yeah. But she just has no life in her. Yeah, know? it's just kind of like she's very not into it. Yeah. Um, and so... That goes I, on for like five years. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and like five years later, yeah. all the suitors show up again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and they've come back and, um, you know, they've supposedly done all these, you know, the first one's like, look, I brought the branch, yeah. you know, and... Um, you know, it's this jeweled branch and all this stuff. And again, she calls all their bluffs. Mm -hmm. You know, one of them brings like this legendary, um, fabric, this legendary fabric, right? Or the pelt of like some sort of mythical creature that can't burn. That can't burn. (laughs) You know, it's this golden pelt and he brings it to her and, um, 
and you know, he's like, now you got to marry me because I, I brought you what you want. And she's like, well, it's supposed to not burn. Yeah. Let's let's make sure that you know it, it doesn't It'll only make it more refined if you throw it in the fire. Yeah, exactly. So he throws it in the fire. Of course, it melts, <laughs> and he's like kind of ruined because he spent a bunch of money on it. And it's there's a number of scenes like this. Like one of the person, one of the men dies trying to get like, <laughs> yeah. this like special uh, egg egg from this bird from this he bird falls nest from this branch. <laughs> yeah, and dies. breaks his neck. Yeah, and the other one uh, has like a really terrifying experience and in a boat yeah <laughs> yeah this brave one of the guys who's like the greatest warrior out of all of her suitors went to slay goes to slay this dragon yeah. to bring her like i don't know dragon whatever thing and uh it ends up like completely turning into a coward yeah. out and of the he's sea like crying yeah the yeah. The sailors, yeah. Like yeah the sailors like this is so stupid <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of comical in that how they all you know kind of meet their comeuppance. Mm -hmm. The one that was interesting, I thought, was the guy who was kind of the romantic one. Um, so they all, um, you know, they, they all try to bring her these fabled things, but one guy comes back with just a flower. Yes, yes, and yes, that was a good one. That one was interesting to me where he's like, you know, I've searched and searched for this thing that you sent me to do it. And I, you know, I, I searched for years until I, you know, just sat in despair on the side of the road and I saw um, a flower. And he's like, and I realized she doesn't want what I've been looking for. She wants to be free like this flower. And he gives this big romantic speech like, you know, come away with me. You know, we'll be free yeah. and all this stuff. Like basically what you want. Yeah. He's like, come away from, yeah. from here and we'll yeah. be free together. Come away. Yeah. And it really, it's the only one of the suitors who actually seems to be moving her, yeah. you know, where she's like, she's listening to him because all these suitors have never seen her face mm -hmm. is the whole thing. She's behind a screen. <laughs> they have all these imaginations. She's the most beautiful girl in the world. You know, her voice is so beautiful, you know, and stuff. Um, but they've never seen her. So he, you know, gets bold enough and he pulls away the screen and she's listening to him. And who's there? I think it's her mom because her mom is like a very portly, unattractive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so she just looks like this like yeah. ugly frog woman, like yeah. with her face all painted. And it's like so because <laughs> she's sitting there holding the flower. And yeah. Like so scary looking. OK, so I I thought. Do you uh, think she changes herself? No, it's not her. Okay, it's okay. not her because it shows her, but it's a, uh, I think it's actually like one of his old flames because she Wait, likes, works for her? no, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Cause like, she's like, yeah. like he recognizes her and it really freaks him out. Like she, she says, how many flowers have you tossed? Yeah. Tonight? Yeah, exactly. How many times have you Basically, done this to women? Yeah. You're a player. Yeah. She knows about this man that he's divorcing yeah. one of his wives to yeah. marry And that's what if you it's a kind of a confusing scene what happens, but basically what's behind the curtain is not what he expected. <laughs> it's not the beautiful Princess Ka Kayuga. It's uh Kaguya, sorry. Jeez, that's hard. Um it's yeah, it's something else. And he's immediately like, ah! like sorry, wrong number, you know, and runs away like, you know, in horror, you know, and and so and it's her kind of calling his bluff and like he just thought she was beautiful mm -hmm. he didn't really care just about wanted the next new thing yeah you wanted done with yeah everything else you wanted another yeah. flower to pick yeah. you know and um and so yeah i thought that one was that was actually a pretty interesting yeah, scene that was a good one. yeah and so, you know, all the suitors have, she's turned all the suitors away. They've all failed. So you'd think, okay, she's done. No more suitors, right? But this doesn't actually work in that now the 
the the emperor. Yeah. It's the emperor, yeah. right? Yeah. Now the emperor is like, whoa, yeah. she turned away all my suitors. She must be amazing. She you know, she wants me. Yeah, it's like she's she's obviously gunning to be my my queen. You know, she's she wants to be you know in my palace. It's like this total reverse psychology yeah. thing. Like the more she protests, the more people are like, oh, it's amazing. I must have her. You know, um, and so the emperor gets one of this and he shows up and he, he invite well, he invites her to court and, and he's like going to make her dad. He's like going to make her dad. Like, yeah, like a nobleman and all this stuff. And the dad is just like ecstatic. He's like yeah. dancing, you know, what he's so excited. He, he always says something from heaven. What, yeah. Like, what's his thing? Like a, I don't know. He always talks about like how this is like a sign from heaven. Or mm-hmm. like, He's always thinking like, oh, this is proof that this is yeah. we're doing the right thing. Exactly. This is, he yeah. He always is getting like this confirmation, like when the nobleman comes. Yeah. He's like, blessings from heaven, princesses, yeah. blessings from yeah, heaven. Yeah, like, exactly. And the wife and the princess are kind of like, ah. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's it's like just like finally everything he's mm-hmm. been working for her, yeah. he's been trying to do for her has, has worked out. Um, and... It's actually, I wanted to step back just real quick because I thought her reactions to all of her suitors failing was also kind of interesting because, mm-hmm. and this is where this movie feels really different than like a Disney movie or something because her reaction is super weird where she, not weird, but it's interesting where she gets really sad that the one suitor died. She feels like she feels really guilty. guilty. She feels guilty. And she's like, I should have just married him. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, this is re- her reaction is not like. You know, yes, I will be free. She was like, I'm being silly. Like, yeah. why am I not? Why can't I just do this? Why can't I just marry one of these yeah. guys? You know, like it's a, so that was a really interesting thing where it really upsets her that she didn't do this. And she's she just kind of sinks deeper into it. <laughs> yeah. She's like losing herself. Yeah. And then the the emperor shows up and um, and he, you know, he tries to get her to come to his court. She refuses. She's not going to come. So he's like, oh, you know. <laughs> She must be even more beautiful than I thought. Yeah, she's really something special. So he comes to her house and, you know, basically sneaks up on her and grabs her. And he's like, hey, all the women love it when I do this. His whole reaction is like so like he's so clueless. You know, he's he grabs her and is like holding on to her. And she's like, please let go. And he's like, well, no, everyone loves it when I do this. And what happens is she like. What like disapparates? Yeah, she like, it's the best way to describe it. Yeah, she like vanishes. Yeah, um, and she you know reappears like away from him. He can't grab her, and um, he's like, okay, well you know I'll leave now. And so the prince, the the emperor leaves, um, and still very smitten with her and all this stuff. And this is where the movie even gets a little stranger, mm-hmm. where she's. After this happens, she's super upset. She just stays out at night looking up at the moon. And, like, the mom and dad are like, what's wrong? You know, something's definitely wrong here. And um, they finally confront her with... Mine. Lily just drew a really cool picture over here. I like it a lot. That's amazing. And they ask her, you know, because she's very upset. She's not, you know, even more kind of down than usual. And um, they ask her, you know, what's wrong? And she says, I don't want to go back to the moon. Which... Always, it kind of triggered a little thing in me because when I was in the smoothies, our song was oh, "I Don't Want to Go to the I Moon." Oh, yeah. I totally forgot to go to. We had a song that was like entirely "I Don't oh. Want to Go to the Moon," but everyone must go to the moon. So that was the only words to it. <laughs> it means something. It means something. So you're this movie in another. Yeah. 
up. So you're like, just kind of like, huh? Yeah. Where does this come from? Like, I don't want to go to the moon. Yeah. So what happens, and basically this is the final act of the film, mm-hmm. is that she's from the moon. Yeah. Is basically where it comes from. Like, the moon in this is heaven, apparently. Is Did you get to heaven? Something. I think it is. I thought it was like another realm, almost. Like, I think it is like, like a heavenly realm. Of some okay. sort, yeah. Because I didn't take it as, like, everybody goes to the moon. I took it as no, I'm these not, are other creatures that live on the moon. Yeah, I wouldn't say heaven in the sense like that we think Zeus of heaven. Type of a feel. Yeah, I wouldn't say heaven in the way we think of heaven, right. like, in the Christian sense, but, like, heaven in kind of the... Ethereal... Like, Buddhist sense, maybe? Okay. Like, this is the higher existence, oh, you know okay. what I mean? Like... This is the spiritual where you realm. Go when you're yeah. Done. Well, yeah, or where the gods live, okay. kind of. You know. Well, that makes sense yeah. because the queen of heaven looks like. I think it's a it's Buddha. Looks like Buddha. Yeah, but kind uh, of feminine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, it looks like it looks like a statue I've seen though. Mm-hmm. It might not be Buddha. It might be somebody else. I think it's Buddha. I think it's a like form a of Buddha. Buddha. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they basically what happens is. That when the when the emperor grabbed her, yeah. she called out to the moon yeah, to no. to rescue her. Not like in her heart, she called out to the moon, mm-hmm. and the moon was like, "Okay, yeah. we're taking you home." You said you didn't want to be here. You said you didn't want to be here, you so you're coming back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you made the decision. Now we're coming to get you. Unknowingly, she didn't know she was from the moon. Yeah. until that, that moment. Happened. Yeah. Exactly. So now what happens is within like, you know, a like a week, a week or yeah, 15, something like that. A very short amount of time. The moon is the people the from the moon are coming to to get her and bring her back to the moon. Is it? It's not that long. It was that long. Um, I think it's probably like the next full moon. Yeah. And so that's. So she, you know, she has to go back. Yeah. And the parents are, like, super distraught. The, you know, the, they're weeping. The father, like, vows, no, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm going to get all these guards. We're going to fight. We're going to keep you. Mm-hmm. You know, he runs off. Um, it's like an army to, and a like, yeah, Like, yeah, summon an army to, like, you know, build all these protections for her. Um, you know, the mom just, again, kind of gets that this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Um and she at the at the last time she goes back to the country. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she says like I just really want to go home. Yeah. So they take a trip. Yeah. And it's spring and mm-hmm. it's really beautiful back at their home. Yeah. So they go back there and she meets uh, Stamaru. Yeah, Stamaru. Thank you. <laughs> we'll get this right at some point. He's him and his like his the nomadic people have come it's back. It's been ten years. It's been ten years. He has what seems to be a wife and a child. Of a his wife own. and a child of his own. Yeah. So he's married and like he's not stealing anymore. Apparently. Yeah, he's, they're kind of doing their nomad thing. Yeah, they've they've. I think kind of their life is like they're gypsies. Yeah, you know, uh, pretty much. Gypsies, yeah, where it's kind of like they might steal if they need to. They try yeah. to make a living. Probably kind of. Not the highest cut of yeah. society. Yeah. Know. And so they have this kind of... Uh, really cool scene. Yeah. It's one of the most... It's an insanely beautiful scene where, like, they meet again. And she's, like, saying, I could have been happy here. Yeah. Like, I could have been happy with you here. Um, and he says, even, like, stealing and yeah. eating roots and being yeah. poor and cold. And yeah. she's like, yeah, I yeah. want to do that. Yeah, that would have been... I would have been happy doing that. Yeah. And it's this really, like very like fantastic you know mm-hmm. like kind of dreamlike scene it's so good where they like end up like flying off well he says yeah. he's like okay let's run away and she's yeah. like okay let's run away <laughs> yeah. and it's one of those things like it's a dream 
that's the yeah. kind of thing that happens in a dream. But yeah. It's, it's, you don't know what's happening because they just grab hands and start running. And then they're like kids. flying, yeah. And they, they jump off a cliff and they yeah. start flying. Yeah. And it's just like, or no, they come out of the trees, like burst through these trees yeah. flying. And it's just like, and how like you fly yeah. in dreams, like, yeah. like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah, that's insanely, it's like, beautifully beautiful. animated. Yeah. It's probably one of the most beautiful, like, and scenes in like film. It's really yeah. romantic yeah. and, like, well, you, the thing is, is like they've loved each other mm-hmm. their whole life. Is yeah. kind of the thing, like pretty much is you know they've, but they just never yeah. got to it's just like this long yeah. distance. They always well, yeah. That was other. the thing. It was like that would have worked. <laughs> like if they had been together, like they would have been happy. Yeah. But it just didn't happen. Yeah. You know, and and um, and basically, what it, this dream ends when like she sees the moon, mm-hmm. you know, and she wants to stay, mm-hmm. but. That's it. Like, she can't... What did she say? She says, like, I just want to feel the joy of being here. Yeah. Like, and I feel awful that, like, I didn't enjoy it while I could. Well, yeah, that's that's the interesting thing. So what happens is the final scene after this, you know, the this dream well, kind of sequence yeah. ends when, he like... He wakes up without her. He wakes up, like, back in the field, uh-huh. and he's like, was that a dream? Like, what happened? And she's going, but it wasn't a dream. It's it's like it is, but it isn't. She disappears back to her house, back to the mansion in the city. Yeah, you know. So it's kind of like it's hard to know what it was. Yeah, it's the same thing as when she's in the snow and she says, "I've been here before." Yeah. Yeah. So she wakes back in the mansion. It's the night when the moon is coming to get her, and it's this very. It's an interesting scene because, you know, all this happy music is playing and these like angelic beings descend from the moon in this like parade. And there's all these people playing instruments and there's like this kind of Buddha-esque figure, we think, um, in the middle of it, who's kind of, you know, leading this procession to come get her. And it's like very happy music, but it's also really sinister. You know, that's kind of of like circus. Yeah. Like Japanese version of circus. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, like it doesn't feel quite right because, like, when while while all this happy kind of stuff is going on, she doesn't want to leave. She wants to stay, and they have like this coat that once they put this like coat on you, you forget everything. So all her memories of Earth will be erased, and she's mean take. And like you know, her parents are weeping. Mm -hmm. Of course, all like you know, the army can't do anything to stop. Everyone just falls asleep. You know, and this is such a sad scene. Like it is really sad. Like because her parents are so distraught. You know, the dad is like, you know, I feel like the dad is super, super sad. I think like yeah. he kind of knows deep down maybe he, he should blew have it. Tried to have made her marry no Billy. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about this is she realize she has like insight yeah. into them on the moon. Yeah. But they they don't. Uh, I don't know how to say this. She says, once you're there, you can't remember your time here on Earth. Yeah. But there's a song that they sing that is, like, calling to the ones on Earth who love them. Yeah. And she has heard the queen of this land singing that song. Well, that's the interesting thing. So one of the things throughout this movie is there's this song that's repeated over and over again. She knows it without ever being taught it. And it's a a song that's, it's like kind of a silly, simple song Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, birds, bees, bugs, dirt. It's like, it's like this whole, um... It's just all about, like, nature. Earth, yeah. Earth and nature, and people and stuff like that. Um, and uh, so as, like, the, these heavenly creatures come down to, like, take her away, all these kids show up singing this song on Earth, like, as almost like a response to these yeah. heavenly creatures, you know. And that's 
she she yeah she has this kind of epiphany at this point mm-hmm. that like um you know like earth is good yeah. you know like we um there's beauty here mm-hmm. this is a beautiful place like there's a good thing you know i i, I should have stayed i should have enjoyed it more and she says like i should have just let someone own me what yeah was I thinking? exactly and it's such an interesting I was conclusion such a fit over yeah. nothing with yeah thing. so she kind of rejects all of the things she did mm-hmm. In this story, and she was like, you know, why did I, why did I behave this way? Yeah, it's kind of I her had final just conclusion. Let someone own me. I, yeah. I, I insisted on being free for nothing. Yeah. And now I'm losing the opportunity I had. Yeah, which is such an interesting thing, and like, before she can even finish, you know, what she's saying, they put the coat on her. She forgets everything, mm-hmm. and they take her up to heaven. Mm-hmm. And the last shot is her, like, looking back on Earth, kind of sad, you know. Um, but kind of robotically also, where you can't yeah. tell if she remembers She comprehends or, what's happened, yeah. yeah. And, that's, and then it ends. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's such a strange ending. It's such a strange movie, you know. Um, and... I think that's why, you know, now that we've kind of covered the plot where, where I feel like it, you know, it made me like, I watched it once and I watched it again. I was like, I really feel like there's a lot of things going on here. here. Yeah. There's a lot going on. And it made me, there's a lot of things that I think are pretty interesting about it from a lot of different perspectives. Like the first thing I thought was it's interesting how, like, this is such a non-Western movie Mm -hmm. because would a princess at the end of a Disney movie say, I should have just let someone own me. (laughs) (laughs) And I've made really bad decisions. I've made really bad decisions by being independent, headstrong, and all this, you know, and rejecting all these suitors. I should have just done what my dad wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was such an interesting thing to me where it was like, I thought as as the movie was going along, I thought, okay, like, I could totally see Disney doing this. You know, this is like the plot of a million different... Because against what's expected of Yeah, exactly. And it's her asserting her independence fighting for her freedom mm-hmm. but at the end of the movie she goes that was really stupid <laughs> why was I doing that that's really awesome and it was such a like just every story it's yeah. so cliche where you have like the hero at the end of the story triumphs yeah through fighting, you know, throwing off their oppression, not letting people tell them and what the to do. the older generation was wrong in yeah. doing this, and look at now, you know. Exactly. Where, you, like, if you... I could so easily rewrite this movie with just a few tweaks right. to be, like, your stock kind of, like, American right. story of, like, yeah, the, you know, she has these expectations placed on her. She throws them off and triumphs at the end. Right. She outwits everybody. She outwits everyone and triumphs at the end. But that was the thing that I watched. I was like, whoa, like she's she saying fails. she fails in that. That screws everything up. And she recognizes that too at the end where she goes, I shouldn't, I should have just she let really someone own me. regrets what she did. Which seems so controversial. Yeah. Which is hilarious. I mean, that's the funny thing is, you know, if you think about that, I just don't think you could ever get away with that. And in like... You know, uh-huh. really, <laughs> there's a lot you couldn't get it away with in this movie, really including us. the message yeah. of the movie, yeah. or at least the conclusion that she draws. But you know, what I mean, okay. Conclusion could you draw? Okay, so imagine. Here's the thing. Like, imagine if Belle, right. like, was like at the end of the movie, like I should have just married Gaston, right. you know, or something like that. Like you know, if he kills the beast, well, just or just, she thinks or just like if the if yes. the movie instead was the message that 
you know, Belle, like, was stupid not to marry Gaston because she should have just settled. He was a loser. He was dumb. Yeah. Because clearly all the guys in this movie are stupid. Yeah. Like, he would have provided for her. Yeah. She would have been okay. Or just, I don't know. Yeah. It was just, it was, that was just such a fascinating thing to me that was, like, so different than what... It's kind of like everything she fought for, she's like, that wasn't the right decision. Yeah. She lost everything yeah. at the end by fighting for, for that. Yeah. So it was, that I thought was very interesting. Do you think that's something cultural, like, we're missing... Like, maybe when people watch it, because in Asian culture, the family is way more important, and they're yeah. like, you want to honor your parents. Like, that's really important to them. You know, I would have thought that, but the parents, like, the dad, he's not a villain at all. No, he loves he's her. He's a little bit misguided. He's misguided. And so he's not someone... He's clearly missing the point somehow. That's the other interesting thing is like... Because it's not like he's right. It's not like someone really who's, wrong. like, silently wise, and, like, she's... It, that's... That's one of the, the the things that made me kind of just go, huh, when this movie was done, because there's there's really no one to point the finger at no. in this, you know, situation. Like, oh yeah, the dad was clearly the villain all along. You know, he was But he loves her. Like he, you know yeah. he's doing this because he loves her. But maybe that's the point. Like yeah. if you just you need to just do what's expected of you mm-hmm. and you know, don't balk the system or you'll regret it. You know? Well, and that's the other thing, too, where I was like, okay, if I think of it from, okay, if I run this through, the moral of the story is parents don't place unrealistic expectations on your kids, yeah. right? I could get that. And I think there's that. I think that's it, there. You are the parent. Well, yeah, looking at it through, if that's if that's kind of the point too. But then she kind of rejects that at the end of it. You know, she rejects that a little bit. Like I should have just gone along with this. Like, like I could have. I I, I blame. Yeah, fine. I would have been fine if I had just gone along with this. She she kind of she. She as the character doesn't. She takes the blame. Exactly. She doesn't. She doesn't doesn't point. She doesn't turn around and go. If you hadn't put this on me, you know, this none of this would have happened. She says, if I hadn't behaved this way. So that's kind of the interesting thing to say. Like, okay, if we're looking at this from that perspective, that moral is kind of rejected at the end of the movie. Makes a little more sense if you do see it as this is a story. You're the parents Mm -hmm. because you could say like your children are blessings from Mm -hmm. heaven and you need to understand them where they're at in a way because I I kind of was thinking of it like trying to figure out what I was supposed to understand, you know, think. And I was thinking of it more as that like they weren't – as parents, they weren't – well, he wasn't. As a father, he wasn't looking at what – his daughter what made his daughter mm-hmm, happy mm-hmm. like and wh- where she blossomed like yeah. where is she where do you see her yeah. being happy and enjoying herself and bringing light to other people you know and home. that's kind of the thing is like there's a conflict between the two kind of her two destinies, I guess, because there's the little bamboo, right, it was, which is what all her friends call her, and then there's the princess Kaguya, uh-huh. which is what he calls her. He always calls her princess, mm-hmm. and her little friends are like, little bamboo, you know, and stuff. Yeah, and it fits her. Yeah, and there's even a scene where they're fighting over, like, he's, like, calling her to come, they're calling her to come, little bamboo, come here, and he's like, princess, come here. Yeah, really scene. Yeah, and... Um, and so it's that's a clearly a scene where she's torn between these two kind of destinies in her life. Um, so yeah, I get that. But I, I don't know if that's what it is. Uh, but that's it's like that's a thread in the movie. Yeah. But it's not like that's the moral of the story. Right. The other th- question I have is like, what is heaven doing? Like what? <laughs> what is because it seems like heaven is clearly sending messages to the to the bamboo cutter. They're wanting him to make her a princess. Yeah. 
Why are they giving her gold and silks? And it's like it's like they're making her suffer in this they're weird. They're messing. With they're her. messing with her. You well, know? I don't think that it seems like a warm, happy place on the moon. Yeah, she doesn't want to go back. It's cold. It's yeah, sterile. It's very sterile. There's yeah. not like joy and life on yeah. the moon. And that's what I think, you know, if you're looking kind of at the villain in this situation, it's kind of the moon, <laughs> the people on the moon. Yeah. Because they're, you know, she's happy in this life and they keep, they're feeding they've us. sent her down for some reason, but then they keep pushing her to be this princess, which makes her miserable. Mm-hmm. And they keep making her suffer. Um so that's kind of that's kind of an interesting thing yeah. side to that as and, well. And she says they sent her down because she broke the rules. Is that, so, do they, she, does she, she say that? She says that at one point. Okay. I broke the rules and they gave me this chance here and then I blew it basically. Huh. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting too. Huh. But yeah, it does seem like the moon is kind of blowing it. Or yeah. And that's where I think the most interesting thing that I left this. So when I, I think about that is from the, okay, so there's the, the kind of, you know, empowered woman perspective um which you think i just kind of assumed that's where it was going with it because it it's kind of your protagonist yeah it's your protagonist throwing off kind of these you know norms placed mm-hmm. on her by the end of the movie she says that was the wrong thing to do yeah. the parental kind of thing you think okay maybe these guys are the ones who are going to you know, at the end, but they're just kind of going along with what heaven's telling them to do. Heartbroken people. Yeah. And they're not bad guys at all. They're, you know, they love her a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole other kind of thing. So it's interesting to me and and, and where the, the really got interesting to me is kind of looking at it through the perspective of a, uh, almost kind of a theological perspective. And that's where I, I got real interested was, so you have this whole, Tension, I feel like throughout the whole movie of like spirituality mm-hmm. versus uh, like nature, mm-hmm. right? So the spiritual versus nature, um, where the moon represents like the spiritual world, mm-hmm. right? And Earth is, you know, Earth. <laughs> you know, Earth is the the natural world, mm-hmm. and she wants to be a part of the natural world. She's like a heavenly creature who who becomes a part of the natural world, mm-hmm. and she loves it. It's beautiful to her, right? But Heaven doesn't seem to be really on board with that, you know, where she's they're trying to make her suffer in the natural world. And at the end, she's taken away. Yeah. And that's kind of this where I think that song keeps coming back where it's like, again, you know, it's it's just talking about, you know, bugs and things and dirt and all the things that you see in the world that are a part of nature. And that's what's kind of drawing her there is the beauty of nature. And, you know, I'm not someone who's you know, really familiar with like Buddhist, mm-hmm. you know, philosophy or theology. I do know from a very, very limited understanding that the goal of, you know, of Buddhism is to ascend away from the natural world, right. is to leave the natural world, to put that behind you. That's why you fast. That's mm-hmm. why you have like, you know, these ascetic practices to achieve like, you know, a separation from mm-hmm. that. And that's actually something that's interesting because that's something that Christianity fought early early on that's like one of the very first heresies that buddhism no not buddhism but that idea that you it's like that little women author was that there that's a whole thing transcendentalist yeah 
I don't know about, about that. Yeah, I've heard about Lizzie like meditation. Yeah, she. You think basically you think you can become good enough to like ascend. Yeah, but it's Christian. Well, you know, well, yeah. In Christianity, like the very first thing that you know, like early, early on in the history of Christianity was you know like Gnosticism, mm-hmm. right? But essentially, it was this idea that was really influenced by Plato, mm-hmm. which is that the world itself is a kind of dirty place. Right. You know that to, you know, the goal of everything is to escape, you know, escape the confines of creation. Like, yeah. Creation's bad. Spirit is good. Spirit's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Flesh bad. Spirit good. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And you're you trying know. to be free of the flesh. You're trying to be, and, and honestly, that's still kind of a thing in, you know, pop Christianity today where, um, you know, if you think of like heaven as escaping the body and you hear people talk like this, right? Where it's like, oh, I get to go up to heaven and leave this old body behind and, and all this kind of stuff. That's, that's kind of that mm-hmm. in, in a very, you know, in, in, a, in a sense, it's it's similar to that. people are thinking of... Like your body is being, like something that's holding you back, right? And heaven's outside of anything physical. Yeah, I get to be free back. from this cage mm-hmm. of, you know, this, this physical cage that's holding my spirit back, mm-hmm. right? Um, and in the early church, that really, you know, that came down a lot to, well, you know, what was the nature of Jesus, right? Um, there was a lot... The, the big problem was a, a big... A big challenge was a lot of people felt like, well, you know, for Jesus to be, you know, you know, who, yeah, Yeah. be God, that's fine. But you can't have God getting himself dirty with creation. You know, that's a big problem, actually. (laughs) Um, So as long as God's up in heaven, that's fine. So that was, you know, docetism is kind of this early heresy where they say, you know, Jesus appeared human. He wasn't really human. You know, the dirty, you know. It's too hard to understand. Like, how can someone who's human be God? Exactly. How can you have this? You know, how can you have this? And that's, that was what, you know, so it's a, it's a struggle that, you know, even, you know, that Christianity dealt with. And and that's why you even find, you know, funky stuff like you read in like, you know, the Gospels of John, the Gospel of John, um, the the Epistles of John. He's always talking about like the flesh and blood of Jesus and, you know, these these things, you know, anyone who says Jesus didn't, you know, Christ didn't come in the flesh. You know, you're like, OK, what's this all about? You know, why? why I'm sure, you know, because we don't, you know, in our day and age, we always think, of course, Jesus was a man. But, you know, the big but question. But they fought for that. Yeah. Or the, the big objection would be, of course, he wasn't God. He was just a good teacher, you know. Know, is kind of the you know the common okay objection. We're okay with the man part. You yeah. know the God part is a little bit funky, yeah. um, but that was you know the early church had the exact opposite problem mm-hmm. because of this whole whole thing, mm-hmm. and that was where you know I think <clears throat> you know this this movie is is kind of getting at that tension where you know we as creatures you know we as you know physical beings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a sense to where, like, I don't know. Like, I always think about this with my kids, mm-hmm. right? Like, their their bodies are who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, like if one of their arms got cut off, or you know, I you know, I would I wouldn't be like, oh, that's great. You know, it doesn't matter to you, just an arm or whatever. Or like, you know, you, you realize that when you start loving someone, like you start caring for their bodies, right? right. You brush their teeth at <laughs> night, you know. Right. And I remember I had this really interesting experience, you know, or this kind of realization when, when I first had little kids, mm-hmm. and I'd brush their teeth at night. And I was like, you know, I can see like the architecture of their head. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's so strange that 
this person who's composed of this thing that's composed of atoms and bone and cells, all the stuff is a, is, is every, is, is a, you know, is a person. Yeah. Is, and if their body breaks, they're yeah, gone. Exactly. If they're, this yeah. Is, and I think one of the ways we try to resolve that is go, because that's a very scary thought mm-hmm. to think that, you know, we are our bodies, yeah, you know what I mean? Very fragile. They're very fragile things. We know that they aren't going to be around forever and they die and they go in the ground and rot, you know? And so that's a scary, scary thought to us. So it's very comforting to think, oh, this doesn't matter. This is not a big deal. But, you know, if we think of this at a, from a Christian perspective, no, the body is a holy precious thing yeah. and we and it's actually something that is really important actually all of creation is really really important mm-hmm. um otherwise you wouldn't and and kind of the tension that's in this movie yeah. with you have a heavenly being who loves creation mm-hmm. trying to be kept becoming a part of it but you know and constantly talking about how good creation is, mm-hmm. but then heaven yanks them back at the end, mm-hmm. you know, and takes them away. Mm-hmm. It's something that's really interesting when you think of it from the, the perspective of Christianity, mm-hmm. where you have, you know, God becoming a part of creation, essentially mm-hmm. making creation a part of himself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if I'm thinking about this, well, this was created by someone who's you know, certainly raised in a Buddhist yeah, environment, has you know, probably not a lot of understanding yeah. of the Christian <laughs> yeah. worldview. I, I don't, or even if they do, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's not the prevalent worldview yeah. that they have. It's interesting for me to look at that and go, wow, like, you know, mm-hmm. what my, you know, faith says about this question, mm-hmm. you know, um, is that there is a real tension here. Mm-hmm. There is a really, you know, the spiritual world, and the physical world, there's a real tension with that. And we need an answer to that, you know, because we can't just say, oh, yes, let's just be so heavenly. And so, you know, let's just ascend without losing all these beautiful things that we have, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's the wrong answer. And if we think about it from that perspective, I think that's kind of what at least this movie is lamenting a little mm-hmm. bit is that. You know, there's beauty in creation. If we just want to ascend to heaven. Yeah, pure spiritual yeah. beings would be awful. It is kind of awful when you, you get down to it. You don't yeah. sleep and have like everything that we hold dear. Yeah, you know? exactly. So everything that makes us human, we kind of lose if mm-hmm. we, you know. If we're if, just spiritual beings. If we did by just becoming spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a little bit, I think, of what's kind of going on maybe behind the scenes in this story is mm-hmm. that, you know, she's someone who's recognizes the beauty of creation mm-hmm. and wants to be a part of that. But, you know, and, and that's why it's kind of a horrible ending mm-hmm. when heaven comes back and takes her away, yeah, you know, weird. you know, and it, it is. And so I, I think, you know, just, just looking at it from that perspective is where I thought, you know, this is kind of, I know this isn't what the author was saying, but right. it resonated to me as something kind of anti-Gnostic right. in a certain sort of way. You to know, like to embrace the fact that we're meant to have bodies, yeah. and live on Earth. Like, yeah, that's like what we're Earth, for. flesh. Yeah. The the nature is a good thing. Yeah, is you know is kind of you know, and even the silly things that we have in nature, like mm-hmm. the silly you know, some of the silly rules of society are actually kind of good, mm-hmm. and they're it's worth it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's worth it to be a part of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I thought that was you know, that was the best thing I could kind of yeah. pull out of it, and that's why this movie really resonated with me yeah. to some degree because it really makes you think. Too, yeah, for like a long time. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of just like, huh. <laughs> um, 
but I don't know. I mean, did, what else did you do? Was there anything else to that? I mean, is yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that how does that strike really you? I've gotten there for myself. I think that also the other thing in that is there is the love aspect mm-hmm. as in some way. Yeah. In that, like, apparently the the queen of the moon or whatever, mm-hmm. it, from what I gathered, is pining for somebody. Somebody's... Or do you think it's her? Is she... She's always pining? Yeah. Is she is she the queen of the moon? Is I don't think so. Like, I think she's just one of the beings. Yeah. I mean, the visual representation would... T- what I would say no to that. But, oh, yeah, you're probably right. But I think there's something there like that... There's there's something that binds people across mm-hmm. more than just you know yeah. I'm I see you and I love you. There's there's sometimes you make like a spiritual connection mm-hmm. with someone and that you're bound to eat, you know across yeah. dimensions. There's well, I think there. yeah, I think uh, that's an interesting point that I really thought about because you know she you know if we if we think about ourselves as you know creatures were longing for heaven or some spiritual well in this situation like heaven's kind of longing for earth in a weird sort of way right yeah or yeah longing for earth and and there's like that whole um see and there's that there's like a little bit of hope to me and you know Mm -hmm. this wasn't like all just like sadness you know like oh this was really sad like totally broke me up but i think also there's there's like this tease that if someone on earth remembers her, mm. then she'll be able to come back. Did you get that at all? I didn't get that. But, you know, doesn't it end on her as a shot, like a shot of her as a baby again? I feel like the last shot. Is her as the baby? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think there definitely is some sort of like theme of the connection that you can have between yeah. people. Well, I thought, and, and that was the thing where, because it ends with her looking over her shoulder, mm-hmm. looking back at the earth. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of ambiguous. Doesn't. But I think it's, she'll just always be pining. She yeah. doesn't know what she's pining for. Yeah. She's just always going to be like, yeah. missing something. Yeah, and that's definitely, I think, the implication is that she is always... See, I'm just... I'm just Gosh, the animation is so cool. Yeah, we're, we're looking at the, uh, <laughs> the ending here. Um, but I think the implication is that, yeah, she at least is always going to be pining for, for the earth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's going to return is kind of the, yeah. the implication. Because of the way she looks back. Yeah. Well, in yeah. the, in the, okay, let's see. Sorry. Yeah. Is the last shot her as a child? Um, yeah. It is. Yeah. The last shot is her as a baby. Um, so yeah, so it's, I think that's. A little bit. The implication is that she's gonna well, gonna come back. Like a little seed. Yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's definitely a movie that that mm. hit me. I think it has some of the most beautiful scenes, like yeah. that you could possibly, you know. The see. end credit song is like gorgeous. Oh, I didn't even. Oh. Did I watch it, man? You gotta let it play. Okay. Like, it is really pretty. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. I think that was like a really nice way to end it. I want that song. Even though without the subtitles, I'll have no idea what it's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one of those films I think, I don't know if anyone else has watched it. It's, you know, I mean, Ghibli's hard enough to get people to see, but I feel like, you know, 
these these uh, lesser known Ghibli ones are even harder to track down. It was nominated for an Academy Award. It's one of those ones like I would say that. Yeah, exactly. Who are these people? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what other people kind of pulled out from because it was. It, mm-hmm. I watched it, then I was like, I need to see what people are talking. Like yeah, what they're. Did you people, find any people who have like cultural background? A lot of uh, you know, yeah. The, a lot of the things I did find was like you know, people from Japan saying like, you don't get how important it is to like do what your parents say. Like, 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 yeah, the whole like family honor, that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Like that's a way bigger thing here, which I get that. I can see that. Like, it's really important that you obey your parents, you know, and and do it. it. Yeah, exactly. You'll, you'll be happy in the end if you do it. Exactly. Um, that was kind of a, a repeated like a thing. Tale. Yeah, but a lot of people were just kind of like also scratching their heads. I think a little bit like, wow, that was really beautiful. So weird. And I mm-hmm. got recently a stack of fairy tale books for oh, Desi, yeah. and I'm reading them. And I'm like, this is the weirdest story mm-hmm. because I feel like with fairy tales, like there are a lot of maybe little stories that got clumped into one story, or people yeah. retold stories and didn't remember it correctly from when like they heard it. At, you know, mm-hmm. because you can't understand who the protagonist is. Who's yeah. good, like Rumpelstiltskin. I'm like, so who's the good person here? <laughs> no one comes out so looking who good the in Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> The the king. She puts up her kid as collateral. The king is forcing her to spin straw (laughs) into gold, or he's going to throw her into the dungeon. And then they get married and have a kid. You're like, and Rumpelstiltskin's really the only one who like does what he says he's going to do. And so you don't know. But he also is going to steal her baby. So you'd think like I don't know that necessarily fairy tales make a lot of sense. (laughs) They don't. You know, I think that they're like a lot of. Well, I think there's a lot of cultural stuff that. Like one time someone lost in translation, yeah. and but I mean those are our fairy tales. Yeah. Those are all cultural fairy tales. Rumpelstiltskin, like yeah. all the Disney movies are all fairy tales. Yeah, you know these are like our culture's fairy tales, and they don't really make a lot of sense <laughs> all the time. Yeah, we don't. That's a good point. <laughs> Disney has to come in and like clean everything up, <laughs> exactly, and, like, package it up for us. <laughs> it's Here about family. Yeah, I mean story. if you read the original like Little Mermaid, yeah. you're really you're like, what was that? Oh she yeah, turns into foam. Like yeah, she doesn't get what she wanted. I kind of that's the thing I like about fairy tales, though. I feel like is to me they they're cautionary tales. Well, no, they're so they always leave you kind of like, huh? I didn't think that's how it's it like. End. It's like watching. It's like Blade Runner for kids or something <laughs> like that. So who was that person? What was the? What happened? What am I? Was no. She's about yeah. Yeah. Okay. So oh man, if you if you probably as far as fairy tales go, yeah. if you if you like fairy tales, you should watch uh, Jim Henson's The Storyteller. Oh yeah. Have you ever I've seen heard those? Of that. I've never so actually good. seen them. So good. Yeah, surprisingly good cast too. John Hurt, Sean Bean's in one of them. Wait, but aren't they they're not puppets? There's puppets in them. There is puppets in them. They're really good. <laughs> it's Are really they from really... the 80s? 90s? Yeah, I think they're from the 80s. Okay. They're written by like um I forget the he's like a very famous. He's the guy who did uh like wrote and directed uh the talented Mr. Ripley. He's like a really good uh-huh. screenwriter. Uh-huh. So it's like a surprisingly amazing amount of talent for to put, they put together it's this like, like fairy tale mini, mini series that they're all just kind of fairy tales told pretty straightforward um, with like puppets straight, and stuff. It's really weird. Yeah, and they come across super idea, weird, you know, and it's like, really great. Yeah, uh, it has yeah. It, 
Highly, highly recommend. I feel like with fairy tales, like someone told a story one time, like to like <laughs> teach their kid a lesson, and then like things got passed down and convoluted, like a game of telephone, and then you're kind of like, well, why are we telling this story? Like, what are we trying to say? This makes no sense. Yeah. Oh, you know what's really weird is Pinocchio. Yeah. I was reading Pinocchio, like the original story of Pinocchio yeah, to pretty boys, weird. and I'm like. This is awful. Pinocchio is horrible. Yeah. What is going on? Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think and I did that like, too. Let me, let me take you. <laughs> yeah. Come here. Come, here. <laughs> Come on. We can, we can package this thing. <laughs> we'll make it a little better. Yeah. There's some bandages on it. Make Pinocchio really cute. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And it is kind of like a cautionary tale of like. Like, be a good boy. Like, do what your dad says yeah. or you're going to, like, pay for it. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think probably a lot of those are cautionary tales, yeah. which we don't really like cautionary tales anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Yeah, we don't like it when in the end of a story yeah. something really bad happens. I don't know how a lot of the Grimm's fairy tales are cautionary tales, to no, be honest. Like, Hansel and Gretel? Like, what's the moral there? Yeah, who's the good person there? <laughs> also, why is the dad allowing the stepmom... Yeah. To kill his kids. I think there's a lot of stepmoms. And that's the one thing you think. I think a lot of moms died and then you got stepmoms that weren't so popular with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> Back in the day. Anyway. Yeah. Well, thanks, Roz, yeah. for this fun uh, recording this. Thanks for bringing that movie. Yeah. Well, uh, I think next maybe we'll go back to our Star Wars uh Talk about just kind of so many Star Wars movies. I know there's a lot. There's a lot that's happened in the Star Wars world. Just give like a thumbs up, thumbs down for Last Jedi. Okay, I'm gonna give thumb halfway up. So okay, it depends on which scenes you're talking about. Some scenes are. I don't think you get to pick and choose and be like the first third. I didn't. No. Okay, it's which plot line. So I know. I know a lot of people didn't like certain plot lines. Yeah. Which the, I'm not going to, like, argue with that. That movie is very mixed for me. And it's it's because I like some scene parts better than, like, any other Star Wars movies. And I mean, if you Other parts out, were, like, prequel level, I If you would like. cut out the Finn and Rose plotline, you would have had a movie that was, like, so, like, yeah. start to finish, like, nail-biting good. But I didn't mind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, a lot yeah. of people didn't. We'll have to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, thank you, Rosalind. Yes. We'll see everyone else next time. <laughs>